When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to our second Wisden Cricket Daily podcast on the fourth India-England test in Ranchi. Another very handy day for England. I'm Yaz Rana and with me today is Katia Whitney. Very few people in the English game, let alone the international game, would have heard of Shweb Bashir a year ago. Well, today he's bowled England into a position of control. England started the day well. Ollie Robinson passed 50 for the first time in his test career. His stand with Joe Root passed 100 before he was out, reverse sweeping to Ravindra Jadeja. Bashir and Anderson both fell cheaply, also to Jadeja, leaving Root stranded on 122 and England on 353. At this point in the day, the demons in the pitch had gone missing, but England still managed to get an early wicket through Jimmy Anderson, who nicked off Rohit Sharma for just two. Gillen Joeswell built a steady second wicket stand before Bashir struck for the first time in the day, trapping Gill in front for 38. In a Herculean 31 over spell, he also claimed the wickets of Patidar, Jadeja, and the dangerous Joeswell, who was once more a thorn in England's side, scoring 73. Hartley got an unusually restrained Safraz and then Ashwin before Kulip and Jarrell battled through to the close in what may well be a very crucial partnership for the eighth wicket. India finished the day 219 for seven, 134 runs behind England. Um, Katia, before today, Shrebashir had as many professional four-wicket hauls as as me and you. Um, Today, he put England on top in a test in India. How good was he today? Like, really, really good. Um, Bowled a ridiculous amount of overs, unchanged, I don't have a stat for it, but a ridiculous amount of overs, and then had one over off and came back on from the (laughs) other end. Um, Proper, proper stuff, that. Um, and I think particularly it was such an important passage of play after lunch when he came back on to bowl those overs when the seamers weren't getting much out of the surface. There was a little bit of reverse. It felt a little bit like it's been in previous test matches when JS Wells really got into his groove. Exactly. And also because Stokes, I think, was trying to hold back Hartley a little bit to not give Jairus Well any freebies coming into him and, and really get him going. And Bashir had to kind of stay in and, and bowl tightly and, and bowl well. Um, and... He just varied his lengths, varied his speeds, was genuinely really threatening. Um, and I think that if you put into context what he was able to do today, once Leach was injured after the first test match, there was a real worry that none of these spinners would be able to hold up an end and limit the runs and limit the scoring rate. But that's kind of what Bashir was able to do today without, while also looking really threatening. And then you take a wider context of before the series, all the talk being about how inexperienced England's spin lineup was and how you can possibly go to India with three spinners who's got one test match between them. If you'd said at that point that Leach was going to be ruled out after the first test match and with two test matches to go, it would be Bashir and Hartley, the only two spinners in England's squad, you would probably assume the scoreline looked a bit more like 3-0 um, and it was going to be an absolute kind of carnage tour for England. But they've got all likelihood of going into the final test with the scoreline all square. Um, 
and 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 that's a really big achievement for 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 these spinners. Um, and Bashir out has outbowled Ashwin in this test match. Mm. You've got to think. Um, and we were talking about it earlier that when this squad was announced, Rob Key talked a lot about the type of spinners they've selected over the experience, obviously with Bashir not having a four-wicket haul in the, in first-class cricket before today. But both Bashir and Hartley being tall guys who kind of vary their vary their pace and, and can take advantage of any inconsistent bounce that's on offer. And they've got this kind of pitch, which is perfect for them both to operate on, really. And they've really taken taken that chance and shown exactly why they were picked. Mm. Um, yeah, so he, uh, Bashir in particular was really, really good today. Yeah, England's so thin on the ground that you had Marcus Draskosic, <laughs> part of the coaching staff, in full whites and in his yellow bib, carrying drinks onto the field. Reminded me when Paul Collingwood did that. I oh, know, yeah. I mean, how amazing it would, it would it be if you had caught Draskosic, bowl Bashir at some point in a test match? Yeah, I, I thought Bashir was excellent. I think you're right to point out how good he was before he took his first wicket. We'll get onto the pitch in a little bit more detail later. Personally, I, I still don't really know what to make of it because there were some periods where it looked reasonably harmless, sort of what you'd expect from a day one or two pitch in India. But there are other passages of play where it looks you know, positively treacherous. Uh, lots of balls properly not getting um, off the deck, a couple of balls popping up as well. But in that passage of play, when he first was brought on. I thought it was a good move from Stokes to get Bashir into the game so early, having left him out of the third test match. Um, he bowled really tight, um, and including to JSL, and we know how JSL wants to go against the England spinners. So he managed to give Stokes some control before the pitch was doing stuff for him. And it's not just that Bashir gets that extra bounce when there is inconsistent bounce. He also gives it a proper rip. So if you look at the wickets of Gill and Patadar properly turning off breaks, and when people have been talking about this pitch potentially not being a great day one or day two pitch, they're talking more about the bounce, not necessarily the spin. So when you're comparing Bashir to Ashwin, for example, in this test match, Bashir has got more side spin than um, Ashwin across this series so far. And I think there have been points in this series where I've seen people on Twitter um, posting stats of like the average turn at points in the series and saying, like, oh, this pitch is turning more. That doesn't take into account who the who the bowlers are. Spin isn't the same for every bowler. And Bashir is able to get more sideways movement off the pitch as well as being able to get that extra bounce if it's there um, as well. Um, I wanted to, to give a shout out to a guy called Bradley Adams, who I don't think many people are aware, aware of. So we've talked about Bashir's rise before, but it is worth going over again because it is crazy. So um, yeah, this time last year, he never played a professional game. He was let go by Surrey, the teenager. He had trials at Middlesex, didn't make it there. He finds a home at Berkshire, does well in a game against Somerset and then gets a go with them ahead of the 2023 summer. As I said earlier, only makes his first class debut in June, takes 10 wickets to 67, then finds his way on an England tour, understandably, people will ask, how did 10 wickets at 67 land him a spot on a tour of India? Well, after his first day of first-class cricket, when he took one for 128 for Somerset against Essex, there was a clip put up by the County Championship social media channels of every ball he bowled to Cook in that innings. Um, you know, one for 128 aren't exactly spells you, a spell you expect to be clipped up. But the guy manning the county championship account that day was a guy called Bradley Adams, who's an off spinner in recreational cricket himself. And he just liked what he saw and using this new tool the ECB have, um, was able to clip that together and put it out that day. Ben Stokes sees that, 
puts that tweet into a WhatsApp group, which is just him, Kian McCullum. What, what a WhatsApp group to be a part of, by the way. Um, and Stoke says, you know, at this point, Bashir's got one first-class wicket. He says, this is something we can work with in India. Um, you know, it doesn't go great for Bashir for the rest of the English summer, but he, he does okay. Uh, doesn't take that many wickets, gets on that Lions tour, impresses on that Lions tour in front of McCullum's eyes that time and gets a spot here. Um, it's it's a it's a crazy story. Um, We're seeing Alistair Cook on the screen behind you as well, watching every ball Bashir bowls like a proud dad. No, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, on the on the Bashir spell, spell as well, I think it's worth... I think you can see how well he bowled, not just by the wicket-taking balls he bowled, but by the ones that didn't take wickets. Mm. So if you look at particularly the one that there was one, I can't remember who was batting, but it went past, might have been Safraz, it went past both folks and Root, and that was a genuinely properly good ball. Um, yeah, the, that was an outside edge, didn't yeah. didn't misbehave off the pitch, just just did him through the air. Yeah, and it's easy to think that, oh, you know, you've taken advantage of a couple keeping low, the one that got our Ashwin, you know, the one that hit you on, hits you on the ankle, but really the sustained pressure that he kept putting on and, and the, the what he was able to get out of the pitch on a consistent basis mm. was really, really good today. Uh, what did you make of the pitch? I don't know. Um, it's a really difficult one, isn't it? I think. I think yesterday when we when we saw the one that got Stokes, immediately like alarm bells went off, um, and and all hell kind of breaks loose. But when but when Root and Folks came in, um, and even when Root and Robinson were batting this morning, I think a lot of people were thinking: Have we potentially misjudged this? Was that maybe a one-off or an anomaly on day one? Um, but I, I think it comes down to a couple of things. One just Joe Root being Joe Root and, and making batting look easy and batting in a different way that we've seen England bat throughout this series. Um, and, and with Root and Folks, I think you've not got two other batters in the England side who would be more suited to going at less than three and over and, and putting on a stand like that. Um, but also, I don't think India bowled as a collective unit particularly well or or, or were able to to hit the areas that are inconsistent on the pitch as well as England have. Um, so Ashwin Ashwin had a bad day, I think it's safe to say, yesterday um, and didn't bowl as well as we know he can do. Jadeja bowled well, but potentially his angles on this pitch aren't, aren't where the, the inconsistent bounce is or aren't aren't the ones that will take advantage of what the pitch is. And Caldy didn't bowl that much. And it was potentially under bowled. Um, but then maybe finger spinners get more out of this pitch. Than yeah, I, I think well. Caldy got a lot of balls to keep low, but mm. at, at a speed that wasn't really causing England yeah. any trouble. Exactly. Um, so it comes down to Ashwin having a bad day in the bowling unit as a collective, not really doing or, or not really suiting the pitch that, that they've got in front of them. Um and it, obviously it took Root to play a brilliant innings to, to, to get the runs on this pitch. But I, I just, I don't know because we can see them, we can see the balls keeping low, but then there's also maybe, I mean, I guess that makes it more dangerous, right? That mm. some keep low and some don't. Um, but it's a really tough pitch to judge, I think. What, what do you think? Um, yeah, to, to be honest, I said yesterday, it's so easy to fall into the trap of uh, five wickets fall in the first session, therefore difficult pitch. No wickets fall in the second session, Therefore, easy pitch to bat on. Um, I think there were signs yesterday, even in that folks and root partnership, that the ball was keeping low. It's just those two played the situation really well. As you say, Jadeja, as accurate as he was, he's not really the sort of guy who's going to get ball to spit. So I guess it's easier 
for when the balls keep low off Jadeja to get that bat down. Whereas someone like Bashir, when, you know, the wicket of Jadeja, for example, is one that sort of spits off a good length, gets him on the glove, caught, caught short leg. Um, I thought that, to be honest, I thought this morning it looked pretty fine. But also, when you talk about pitch, it's not as if every single square inch of the pitch behaves in exactly the same way. Um, and I thought, so, partly because of how Jayaswell was batting, um, England sort of wanted to bowl the ball across him, so weren't bowling that straight to him. It didn't really look like they were exposing the areas of the pitch that could cause India a lot of trouble. And then as the day went on, um, England were allowed to bowl pretty straight. India didn't do an awful lot to put in, in England off their lines and lengths. And when that happened, that's when England got a lot of joy. At the end of the day, even when Kuldeep and Jarrell got through to the close, it's a really important partnership. We'll get to that later. There were still balls that, that were, were misbehaving. So, you know, I, I think Root and Folks and Robinson actually showed that the way to go in this pitch is is probably... Um, you, you, I think I think it'll be very interesting to see how England go tomorrow. I, th- I think England might, might go completely the other way. But at the same time, I think it is possible to, to sort of battle through it. And what you'd say with England today, I thought Stokes had a really good day again in the field um, and compared to Rohit, really blocked off singles at the start of players' innings in a way that I don't think India did to folks. Um, I thought he managed Jayaswell really interestingly um, in that, you, as you mentioned, Hartley doesn't come on till the 31st over. So there was no sort of match-up for Jayaswell to, to tuck into. And then... They sort of starved him of the strike in the way that you would in a, like a club game. Um, they basically said, we want to bowl to the other guy to the point that it almost felt like JSL was was like starting again on 40. It felt like he was in the 40s for, for ages. Um, and Stokes would sort of give the new batter a single at the end of the over so they could bowl him again. But then they wouldn't give him the single for four balls let them have a single. So they just kept on bowling to the new guy that only really giving them one run and over. So yeah, I thought I thought England managed the conditions really well today. It wasn't just how well Bashir in particular bowled. I thought they, they managed the conditions well. Um, a weird day for Ollie Robinson back in the side, uh, a, a, a totally crucial stand with, with Joe Root, um, but but potentially a bit a bit rusty with the ball. Um, the, the Guardian's Ali Martin tagging me a tweet today saying presume you've given the all clear for this innings um what did you make of robinson's first proper day back in the fold after you know what's it now six or seven test matches out of the side i don't know it's quite it's quite weird to criticize someone who potentially has been involved in a partnership that that could be really important for 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 the match result um but his speeds were were well down um when he first came on to ball this morning like late 70s late mm. you know not barely getting up into the, into the 80s and and that's concerning um but i think you've also got to give it's hard to say in professional sport because you should be on it all the time but sometimes i think there's leniency to give people a little bit of grace when they've not played for all particularly on a pitch like this that is not zipping through and is, is not helping you with speeds um so it, it was a weird day you're not ex- he's not necessarily expected to take wickets on this surface as well so maybe that plays into it um but i don't think there'll be much more grace if mm. in the second innings and continuing that um speeds are still down and still doesn't look massively threatening yeah i, I thought we had a weird day in that i think he was threatening like he, he was he beat js Wells bat loads he had i think three catches that fell short mm. of the slip cordon um, I think he's one of those bowlers. So a lot of bowlers, when they're out of rhythm, just bowl a lot of bad balls, 
With Robinson, he doesn't actually do that. He just, his speed is lower. And today I thought that his, his areas were still good. He was still getting the ball to nip more than, more than Anderson was actually. But those speeds were well down. You know, I remember going to Crickviz last summer, just sort of intrigued as to what his averages, average speeds have been when he's been really successful in test cricket. And when he had that really good series against South Africa in 2022, he was about five miles per hour per ball quicker than he was today. So that that's a pretty significant um, um, difference. So I th- yeah, I think I think he I think he bowled fine, but those speeds I think he he would want those speeds to be the other side of eighty. Yeah, I think it's also important to take into context the other seamers in this series. Like obviously Bumrah stands up above the rest of them, and Mohammed Sinraj is a completely different type of bowler to someone like Ollie Robinson. But there hasn't been a lot for for the other seamers, mm. and and it has been difficult, and there have been difficult conditions. So while it's it's tempting to look at someone who's just coming into the side and going, you know, grab it both horns, going, mm. you know, go and, and bowl like that. But it there's a little bit of different context, I think, around Robinson coming into the side halfway through a tour on this kind of pitch mm. um, and in these kinds of circumstances and conditions. Mm. Definitely. Well, that's it for part one. In part two, we'll chat more about India. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, Katia, Jaiswal was was good again, um, which is a recurring theme across the series so far. Um, it is a ludicrous series. He's not yet 10 tests into his career, but he is so clearly the danger man. Stokes literally, his plan was, don't let Jaiswal face any balls, yeah. um, which is one hell of a compliment. Um, yeah, an incredible series and a really good performance again today. Yeah, it's what um, pod editor Dan put in the in the chat this morning saying every day I wake up and try to <laughs> It does very much seem like that. Um, but the, the records and the names he's ranking up with in this series are pretty incredible. Mm. Um, and he's so young. like It's impossible to say what he's going to go on to do, but you don't get on these lists by just having a one-off amazing series. Like, you, there's no way that he's going to go off into obscurity in the next couple of years. I just, there's just absolutely no way. He's now hit the most sixes of any India player in tests in a calendar year. Um, and he's third on the all-time list and it's February. Um, and who are the top two? Brendan McCollum and Ben Stokes. Yeah. Um, admittedly, McCollum's quite a way off, but he only needs another 10. Which is, he got 12 in one innings last With, game. Exactly. So. so not actually that far off. He's played five matches this year. This is his fifth match, mm. fifth, sixth. Um, and I think McCollum played McCollum played more than 10. Mm. Um, so that's incredible. He's now scored 618 runs in this series with potentially three more innings to come. That's more than Sachin ever managed. Um, and it's almost more than Kohli's managed, not quite. Mm. Um, Gavaskar is the overall record holder for India in a single test series. And he's potentially in reach. He needs another 150 odd mm. to get that record. So it's just incredible, really. Mm. Also, for his age, he's like seventh on the list for 22-year-olds in any test series mm. in terms of runs scored. And again, could well end up yeah. second or third in that list as well. And also, when you take into context that test series used to be longer a lot of the time, mm. so there was more opportunity. It's just a bit ridiculous. Um, 
and yeah having to bowl at the other end to a 22 for a 22 year old to have forced England to do that it's mm. quite something yeah I, I, I thought he played really well in a slightly different way to how he's played previously because the pitch was just was doing a little bit more there's a different challenge in that um Robinson taller bowler gets it to nip was bowling across him in a way that the other England bowlers haven't seen and haven't really done to him this series um equally the threat of Bashir Bashir was bowling really high quality Ospin spinning the ball away from him um and it, I love the way he sort of obviously he's learned this from England obviously uh, but the way in which he is really proactive um from from the get-go so I think it was Robinson's second ball that he charges him and it was Bashir's first ball that he tried to hit actually quite a good ball down the ground before um and he's able to attack in a relatively risk-free way and I think um one thing that England despite conceding 73 runs to Jairswell today um, will probably end the day being reasonably chuffed with is just bringing it up now. Um, that strike rate was was only 62, which is obviously nearly four runs and over, but Jairswell has been so brutal against England spinners up until this point in the series. I think actually they did a pretty good job of keeping him quiet and there were some very long periods where although Jairswell was in, he wasn't doing a lot of, a lot of harm because he just wasn't really facing anything. Um, at the end of the day, we were all very excited about England were doing, but it's a really important stand that by um, Kuldeep and, and Jurel. Kuldeep was basically hogging the strike himself for tail ender. He took more than 70% of deliveries in that partnership and he looked really compact in defence and it reminded me of the Root-Robinson partnership and it showed that there are periods in this game where you can get behind it and trust your defence. Mm, yeah, it's worth saying that India have averaged 34 per wicket between wickets 7 and 10 mm. in this series. Lower order runs have been um, a proper problem for England. Like we saw Jadeja blow away the tail this morning after the Robinson stand. And that's something that England have really struggled to do and actually something that's really important and has been a feature of England tours in India for the last couple of times. Um, but yeah, any kind of partnership, I think, on this wicket is significant, especially as the test match goes on. But someone like Kuldeep, Kuldeep, who you would have expected to 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 roll through to have that partnership with Jarrell, England might have been looking at getting India all out this mm, evening. Definitely. Um definitely. if it hadn't have been for Kuldeep. And it's a, it's really important. Um and to have someone like Jarrell stand up as well when you know you would expect Jadeja to have scored runs, you would have expected Safras to score runs. Safras had a weird innings today, by the way. Mm. Um Yeah, what what did you make of India's batting approach? Because Safras was so successful in the last test taking England on properly got stuck in a shell today and, and similar with Patadar. Patadar is someone who got selected for being able to whack spin, basically. Um, again, looked played within himself today, 17 or 42. Um, Safraz was 14 off, off 53. Jadeja tried to take the attack to England. He hit, um, I think, two sixes in a row, um, but got out to Google. He wasn't out attacking. Um, what, what did you make of how, how India tried to counteract the English spinners today? I mean, again, not to sound too much like Ben Duckett, but we saw England change their approach to batting on this surface and we saw India, the Indian middle order change their approach to batting on this surface. Um, I think I think it's interesting. I, th I think you look, at, you look at the match situation and you think potentially at that point when Safraz was in and Jaiswal was out, then maybe at that point it would have been the time to try and put... Bashir particularly off his length, try and put Hartley off his length and try and score some runs quickly. If you know that those kind of pea shooters are going to come along, mm. 
that's potentially the way to go. And England have already got that massive lead. There's no kind of point in hanging around and trying to stay in when that's not your natural game style for someone like Safras. If you, I've already said like someone like Root and someone like Folks, they're much more suited to changing their approach to do that. But people like Safras, that's not the best way to go necessarily. Um, so I thought it was interesting. I think it will also kind of play on England's mind a little bit for their third innings, which I think is going to be really interesting to how they approach it. Mm. Um, because we've seen we've seen Cordy and Drev, we've seen Robinson and Root and Folks all go about scoring runs one way on this pitch and they've scored runs. But when you go into a third innings with potentially a hundred run lead and with that playing on your mind that one ball is going to have your name on it and you don't know when it's going to come um, on this wicket, um, I think that's going to be really interesting to see how England um, kind of change their approach. Um, well, they won't change their approach, mm. let's, let's be honest. But how England bat, because going into a third innings with a hundred run lead and potentially throwing that away would be a really, really damaging thing to do. Um, and it's a position that, England don't really like to, not it's not that they don't like to be in it but they're less suited to dominating test matches than they are coming from behind I mm. guess um, just look at the scorecard again Kuldeep he's faced 72 balls which is the second most of any India player it's a really crucial stand they've already put on 50 odd for that 8th wicket um, how do you see the game poised England obviously ahead but that stand sort of changes the equation a little bit yeah I think it feels like they're less ahead than they actually are Mm. potentially because of how you know they could collapse mm. um on tomorrow or, or whenever um goes back to again what our Ashwin was saying in, in the last test match that you kind of never feel more than two quick wickets away from a collapse um but you, you know 100 runs on this pitch would be massive mm. um absolutely massive I don't India chasing anything above uh, 200 maybe in the final innings easy maybe even you know 150 that would be that would be a really significant chase to have but it again comes down to the pitch like just not sure how how much this pitch is going to deteriorate how quickly is it going to stick to a similar level it is that we saw today is yeah it gonna... it's, it's not gone in a linear direction has yeah. it? it hasn't got progressively worse that, 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 we can definitely say that um yeah so i today's saturday um i have pre-season nets every saturday and at this point in every test match, England have been miles behind. So Saturdays are either day two or day three, depending on what day the test match starts. Uh, this is the first time I'm going to nets with England in front of the test match. Uh, but yeah, I, I think anything more than 250 is, is going to be a tough chase. It's 300, India not out of the game, but that's going to be really, really tricky. The one thing I'd say in India's favour, I think we saw the end of the day, these, as, as well as Bashir and Hartley Bold, they are incredibly inexperienced and inexperience comes across in different ways. And Bashir, at the end of the end of the day, suffering from cramp, he bowled a lot of overs today. Um, it's hot. In the fourth innings that gets close, if you get Bashir and Hartley bowling a lot of overs and put a lot of pressure on them, a lot of pressure is on, on them anyway. They're going to have to do the bulk of the work mm -hmm. for England. Um, you, you can see how that perhaps tilts the game slightly towards India a little bit more than it than it would otherwise ordinarily be given the current match situation um, anyway that is it for today cheers Katia we'll be back at exactly the same time tomorrow Podcast Network.